This media is brought to you by Polyscope. Why listen to the past when you can listen to the future? Welcome to the Think Future podcast, broadcasting from deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We focus on innovation, startups and the future, not necessarily those and not necessarily in that order. Here's your host. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's great to finally meet you because this is how we meet each other nowadays through Zoom. So why don't you (laughs) tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization and what you're passionate about. So my name is uh, Chris uh, Christian uh, Lazopoulos. Uh, forget about the last name. I know I'm sure you have similar problems with the last names. Um, you know what? You know it's really funny because it's kind of like you. Uh, it's basically pronounced the same way you spell it. So I mean, if just if the people would just read it and pronounce pronounce it the way you spell I'm, it, I'm always surprised. Uh, it's it's easier for them to make harder last names than the actual last name for me. Exactly right. <laughs> You know, how, how is Lazarapulopoulos easier than Lazopoulos, you know, things like that. <laughs> yeah, they I'm always sure have extra been exposed syllables. to that. <laughs> exactly. All the All time. Right. <laughs> um, so my name is uh, Christian Lazopoulos. I'm uh, the Chief Innovation Officer at uh, the Newton's Laboratory, which is uh, a, an advertising uh, marketing agency in, based in Athens in Greece. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm... Uh, well, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to say it. I've been working for 23 years in marketing. I started from uh, specialized research, consumer research. That's my original background. And then uh, sort of I went to the dark side of advertising. <laughs> and uh, for the last. Got your Darth uh, 12, Vader outfit and your red lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, well, I need to wear black nowadays. It looks slimmer. That's the only way I can. Manage. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, and uh, for the last 12 years, I've, all, uh, I've also added innovation uh, to my sort of skill set uh, by running uh, innovation labs, uh, being, uh, being uh, lucky enough to uh, be part, uh, more or less, uh, in various degrees, meaning to startups, uh, help um, major international clients, uh, you know, add that dimension or implement a bit more of the original implement, you know, original value they have potentially in their position of the I word, uh, which is a very tough uh, <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> I actually call it the I word because a lot of times that's exactly what it is. It's the I word. Oh, you're just using this, you know, are, what does it really mean? Right. <laughs> It's like it's the longest spell four letter word in marketing. I think uh, <laughs> that's my experience so far. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, from my experience, it's not that people don't understand what it means, it's that they don't understand what it can really add and how to go about it. So, right. um, you know, uh, we're great in theory, especially Greeks are great in theory. Um, it's the practice and the practical aspects. Of, you know, well, we invented theory, right? So that's why we're we're great at it. We invented everything. <laughs> um, just don't ask the the Egyptian, you know, all these guys. Uh... Hello, you still there? 
Uh, I think, am I still where? I think we lost mm -hmm. your. I lost your internet connection um, for a sorry. second there. That's okay. Are you still there? Hello. Hello. I can hear you now. Um, I can. I, I never lost uh, sight of you or, or my other connection. Is it oh. better now? My end. Yeah, it's a little bit better. Cool. It's all right. Hey, you know this is this is what we have to deal with day in day out, right? <laughs> Definitely. So I am so always surprised of, when I meet the real people. What kind of startups do you typically work with? Uh, last uh, few years, uh, eighty percent of them are around fintech. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it has a lot to do with uh, the crisis and the um, not, well, the not, uh, it wasn't a natural progression, but it seems like it in terms of the crisis element of the pandemic as well. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, because already a lot of people and young people, because startups, uh, I hate to say it is a younger mindsets game. I don't, I don't want to say younger people, uh, people's game, because it's more about mindsets rather than age. But um, usually, they these two things connect. Um, but after the financial crisis, there was a huge, huge shift to all kinds of startups regarding you know, fintech in general. And because of COVID, that didn't stop it. It actually accelerated it because a lot of uh, older generations had to sort of get into um, by force, uh, more or less by necessity to get into, you know, throwing transactions and being able to show choice and lockdowns, et cetera. So for the last few years, I would uh, rough, you know, I would estimate rough estimate of eight percent is regarding fintech. Beyond that, the rest of it, or overlapping with fintech, has been around ESG, especially the E and the S. Mm -hmm. uh, the G is a bit more specialized. I actually had a couple of um, startups that are around governance, uh, but they're so. I think it's a bit cheating to call them startups because they were so niche and targeted that immediately they were bought and. Uh, wow! You know, yeah, because it, <laughs> it's like a dream for startup owners. It's like, it is, and that's one of the things. Right uh, yeah, and that's one of the immediate, you know, um, uh, you know, advice I can give to anyone who comes to me and say, you know, I'd like to, you know, do something. I'd like to create a, my own business. What do you recommend? I'd say, you know, not a lot of people do it. Just uh, find um, a problematic public sector element. Go through all the uh, bureaucracy and bibliography, which is that's where people stop. <laughs> and uh, because it's a pain, I'm not, you know, it's 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 a very it's hard work, very yeah 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 definitely. And I'm sure you'll find at least ten immediate things that uh, would make things uh, easier and faster and cost effective. And uh, if you look at it, um, and, and again, I'm not sure if there's a list, official list about these things. That's actually another good idea, I think, to start uh, segmenting startups globally. I'm sure that anything that has to do with G out of VHG has a much more tremendous success rate uh, because it's an easy win, usually. Yeah. Whereas everything. It's a huge pain point. Everything else. Uh, exactly. And it's easier to measure because once you go to, you know, even, the, you know, the most, uh, quote unquote, bureaucratic backward, you know, problematic, call it what you like, public sector, and you say, I can take this and make it fast, X times faster or X times cheaper or X times 
whatever, the formula is simple enough for them to go, oh, okay, that actually makes sense. Um, you know, no one else has offered it. Definitely, I'm not going to develop it because I'm in that problematic state of affairs and in that, you know, within that big system um, uh, that uh, stops and inhibits innovation. So, yeah, bring it on. As long as you don't want to necessarily make billions, right? Because that's, the, you know, the other thing. But you can make millions, which is not bad. Um, well, it starts you off on uh, your trajectory, right? And, because you got to start somewhere. I mean, a lot exactly. of times we want to start up here, but it's like if you start here, at least you get known. People will say, oh, he's already had one successful startup under mm -hmm. his belt. You know, it's easier to do more. And that's another thing, which I think applies beyond startups. I think it's life in general. And uh, you can apply to personal success as well as a career on a career level. People that want to start immediately here usually never go anywhere. Uh, mm. well, there's always exceptions, obviously. But yep. I think the chances are. Um, near uh, playing the lottery uh, you know uh, and obviously you have to also be good you also have to have that drive and ambition but then the planets have to align or even more than the planet but if you want to if you find a path that it's you know easier to breach and 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 have one win on uh, on your uh, resume so to speak and not on your belt I mean it's a lot easier than to get the second and the third because someone would People always, uh, you know, ask you, when have you done this before? Even when there's, you start out, which is completely unfair, right? Even, you know, people that just <laughs> exactly. got out of university. What is your experience? I'm, you know, I just got out. <laughs> I got some school projects, uh, you know. Yeah, you well, go. that's what they quote because that's what they have. Yeah. And then people say, oh, he quoted me his, uh, I don't know, second award in the physics, uh, <laughs> you know, high school. <laughs> well, you asked him what sort of experience they had. Uh, what, well, unless they lie, yeah. which is another big that's, thing. That's bad, too. <laughs> but uh, but uh, so, yeah. so you're, it sounds like what you're saying is that uh, that's a really primo space for startups to go into is the G space of the ESG because From there's not my a lot experience, of... Yes, it is. Because first of all, the other thing about it is if you're um, a bit more savvy, and this is uh, not necessarily means that it doesn't have to be your first startup. It can be your first startup, but it doesn't have to be your first foray when it comes to IP and um, where, how, how, licensing and regions and things like that. Yeah. Imagine if I find a problem, for example, and I find a great solution for the public sector in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Completely random example. Right. Chances are I'm going to find more public sectors equivalent problems in uh, the equivalent, uh, uh, you know, uh, public transportation sector in not just other U.S. states, but across the world. Yeah. So every even city, if I every city's this, got very similar issues. Exactly. Right. And I learned that from the smart cities projects I've been involved in. I've been involved through various big or smaller smart city projects. Uh, some of them huge with Deutsche Telekom, like um, billion dollar sort of projects. And uh, across seven different cultures, seven different regions, the problems or the benefits uh, uh, you know, that you wanted to end up to were 90% the same. Mm-hmm. Because when it comes to convenience, when it comes to smooth, you know, seamless operations and like that, when it comes to running things, uh, it's not a lot of uh, difference uh, when it comes to what you want to achieve and what are the benefits you can give to, uh, you know, to a mass uh, number of people. Yeah. The more you and get it, personal, the more it changes. But here yeah, we're talking about D. Yeah, exactly. And if you think about it, 
I mean, I've worked at the city of Palo Alto and everyone thinks, oh, Palo Alto, that's a rich city. They have a lot of money. And it's like, I don't think any city has a lot of money. They're mm-hmm. all strapped. The bu- They all have bu- uh, strapped budgets, no matter how rich they look out, look like from the outside. Internally, the governance is st- is still very, very tight, very tight budgets. Uh, or poor. And that one leads to another. And it's a, it's a busy <laughs> circle because, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, even if they have a lot of money, comparatively speaking to someone else, it's never enough for their own yep. needs. Mm-hmm. Because the minute they got that budget, it means that there was a need for that huge budget. Um, so even if you, you know, if you sell your startup or you manage to find success with it in one place of the world, one part of the world, as long as you don't completely, you know, uh, give everything to that first, let's call them clients, mm-hmm. uh, and you retain the rights to go elsewhere, you might just need one startup for the rest of your life in that sense. Yeah. Um, in in the G sector, whereas in, in, not that it doesn't apply necessarily to the E and the S, it's that the nature of the E and the S uh, being what they are, there's a lot more effort and brain power constantly being applied to in finding what's the ne- next best thing or new right. thing. Isn't it also and, kind of fuzzy measurement wise? Like you can't look at the ROI. The ROI well, is a little fuzzier. That's another big discussion. In 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 most places, still it is. In some places, we've We've gone quite a long way compared to even three years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. But, um, for example, the environmental aspect of things, um, there are some major staple KPIs like carbon uh, offset, right? Your carbon right. footprint. You can measure that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question now as we go further is, is it, however, a very good KPI or not? Because right. it's not. Um, the way that, because we, I, I think that because we've been, uh, for example, focusing on that one KPI for so long, this whole ecosystem, this whole um, um, stock market-like system of buying units to offset your footprint, um, I don't think it has the effect that we'd like to in the long run or even the mid-run. So if I'm a polluting uh, a company and I just buy my carbon units from someone who, you know, uh, manages to plant more trees in the Amazon or the Central Americas or, or whatever, I'm still polluting the planet. Yeah. Um, and it's, e- even if it's being offset, which is a huge conversation, because that's the thing we haven't measured yet on a global scale. We don't have yet the models. We don't have yet, I think, the uh, all the factors. It's not about computing power. It's understanding how everything is connected. Uh, it doesn't promote the mindset change that we need to have and uh, strive towards. Yeah, because it's an easy way out. Because if yeah, I, exactly, if I make exactly a lot of right. Money, I was just about to say that. It's like this is how here. This is how I get out of it. I can still pollute. I can do whatever I want. But yeah. you know, it, it makes me feel a little bit better that. But are yeah. you really, is it really hitting the results we want? Sounds like Exactly. That. And it's the same. No, I don't think so. Because it doesn't change culture. Uh, when I say culture, I mean, you know, from the organizational aspect to, and, you know, culture, like anything, if it doesn't change in a smaller scale, it will never start affecting the larger scale. And, yeah. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a big company, you're a big company. That means you have, you employ 500 people plus. Those 500 people are affected by the way you're doing business. And I don't think a lot of uh, business owners or uh, leadership teams or, you know, whatever the structure is, really understand the um, social 
um, responsibility they have on that dimension. There's mm-hmm. a lot of social responsibility when you're a big company, but if you're doing a business in a certain way, people, I think, in, again, uh, in greater or smaller degrees are being affected because it sends a signal, this is okay. So if, if it's okay to, to take the easy way out, the convenient way out, why wouldn't that affect me as a, as a unit? Right. And that well, affects just my like, family. I always, and... say, I always say we're always going after the low-hanging fruit, right? We go after the low-hanging fruit, we solve the quick problem, but there's still so much bigger, bigger problems up there that we're not, we're not even touching. We're just trying to solve our conscience with the, with the offsets but we're not really doing anything. Exactly. And that's a great example because uh, low-hanging fruit actually has been the cause of, you know, whole ecosystems dying because they never thought of what to do when there's no more low-hanging fruit and you can't reach, you haven't found a way to reach the higher-hanging fruit. Exactly. And all your efforts were just picking up what was there. So eventually only giraffes <laughs> survived. <laughs> <laughs> we all have to have longer necks. <laughs> well, I mean, I think... Um, the more I uh, grow old, the more I think everything is connected in, in how can things affect uh, uh, the way we, we live and, of course, even biology. And um, the, uh, I mean, exam- perfect example, the, the smartphone, um, uh, how, it's only been around in its current state for a very few years, and it already has affected biology in humans uh, in uh, less than a generation, yep. which is... When it comes to anthropology sort of standards, it's a microsecond all of a sudden, whereas it used to take, you know, hundreds of generations for any real biological change, measurable biological change to happen. It just now happens in a decade, 15 years, because we we keep doing this. Yeah. Our necks have gone different. Our... uh, uh, Thumbs are getting larger. Our thumbs are getting larger. And, And you go, well... If if that's not evident of how things can affect, <laughs> even at a biological level, uh, how we go about things, what I mean, the proof is over. It's whether you want to see it and do something about it or not. Yeah. Well, I often wonder if Steve Jobs were still around, would he look back on what he created and go, oh, my God, what have I done? Or he would just be, this is great. Because- I think he would find more ways to market it. My personal. <laughs> 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 well, we already have these things are like drugs, right? I mean, they're they're, well, they, they they're electronic drugs because they they just redesign that you know, unlike a regular drug where you take it and it keep and it stays the same consistency, this chemical consistency. These things they change their chemical consistency as you use them to make them more and more and more addictive. It's basically like, yeah. Oh, it's I mean, awful. it's the same as a drug. Uh, you just, uh, even with, you know, any any sort of um, uh, addictive uh, substance, you need more and more of it because you get tolerant. That's uh, right. Know, higher tolerance. Yeah. Here, you don't, you don't even control the dose. You don't, you're not even no. aware of it. It's, it's self, uh, you know, uh, evolving and um, it's self-medication, so to speak, without you, uh, you know, uh, having a complete control. So it is what it is. And, my, I have an inkling of optimism, though, because I see I have a twelve-year-old. Um, mm-hmm. She seems to be more uh, naturally sort of um, uh, wary of some things that others that didn't grow up with it and just found it um, along the oh, that's way. That's good. 
I think I think which is again it's a, it's a pattern that we you know we we grew up with um without a, I mean I I grew up without a computer obviously and then without internet and then all these things happen and the more you progress the you know the more native you are to technology I think you have more defenses and you're more aware of things because it you grew up with it yeah so it never never ne- it never had necessarily that wow this is great because I'm a you know like most of people I think with innovation and technology I'm a Trekkie for example <laughs> this was not even imagined in the original series that's right if you see you know I'm not even talking about the original series even the next generation which is now I don't know 30 years old well they did have um, pads they, they, they have tablets they did, but they if you iPads, see them yeah. compared to what we have they look like yeah. they're prehistoric <laughs> And supposedly there are a thousand, you know, years in the future, right. half a millennium. So you know, we've we've outgrown the imagination and creativity of only three generations back. Yeah, and uh, that's you know, it's amazing because when you were a kid, you you know, you always wanted a ray gun or uh, you know something to talk to your combat or anything like. Yeah, we've done all that, and only a month ago I saw an actual lightsaber being uh nice <laughs> yeah no and that's it. like the fun I, I wouldn't want this to become a mustang <laughs> a lot of silliness out there and less limbs uh eventually going yeah, to yeah uh, we don't want that <laughs> no but even a lightsaber is now you know theoretically possible to yeah. build yeah so well, what else? i love about science fiction is that it it you know even if you can't build the thing now it puts a spark in somebody's head going at some point in the future when they see it, they go, Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if I could build that now. Right. I mean, I'm waiting for the transporter and the replicator so that I can. Oh, I can only make, make lunch. If only, if only the, um, I mean, we've, we've, we've started now. I mean, quantum entanglement is being used for computers that are going to be massed in five years time, three years time. Yeah. Um, so everything's gonna be. I, I call it science inspiration, um, mm. not science fiction anymore. Because mm. um, and I actually use a lot of clips in my some some workshops we do with clients, um, just to prove the point. Like you know, you, it's not that hard. People have been thinking about these things forever. And yeah. I, I mentioned Star Trek. I mean, uh, earlier sci-fi, like nineteenth uh, century sci-fi. The principles are there. Mm-hmm. You know, Jules Verne, uh, even, you know, afterwards, Isaac uh, Asimov or afterwards Arthur Clarke. I mean, the principle, Arthur Clarke is a famous example. We took literally 10 things he imagined and we made them because he imagined them like satellite navigation system and things like wow. that. Yeah. Yep. He imagined it and someone went, well, actually, <laughs> that's not a bad <laughs> idea. So I think it's science, I mean, okay, science fiction, science inspiration is, is because if you can imagine it, then that should be the motto of innovation. If you can imagine it, yeah, it might happen. It might be able, you might be able to build it. Yeah. Well, I always say uh, everything is possible. The only question is when. We just don't know yeah. when it's going to happen. It will happen at some point, most of the time, I mean, unless it's physically impossible, I guess. But even that stuff like that with quantum physics what and things is like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Time travel. We've been able to figure that out. We've already seen particles going, you know, traversing in backwards in time. So there's this like so much more out there that we don't know what we don't know. We've only got a, like a tip of the iceberg of what's happening in the world. Exactly. It's crazy. And that's, I think, one of the challenges in innovation. Um, 
So we have all these great things that we've been discussing that's so inspirational and inspirational and gets the you know the, the creative juices flowing and everything. And then you have to apply it in how do I make someone you know buy more shoes? Or <laughs> Which I is, know. It's like, which, like which, this which is, is so a, cool and amazing, but, yeah, but you have yeah. to like reel it back to yeah, which is not ROI. a bad thing. It's just it, it's some you know, uh, a lot of people don't have the capacity to find the same inspiration when it, they apply it for th- marketing purposes, right. and it's a shame because I've always si- since I was a kid, I, um, I loved I loved that more so than the, the actual TV schedule program itself. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, I thought there were much more um, nifty storytelling bits than the actual longer forms, and I, I love that because someone in, you know within when I was all younger, the the ads were longer. Obviously, like within a minute, you could tell a whole story where you know you took a couple of episodes otherwise mm-hmm. in a normal TV series or something like that. But I always. Um, and therefore, I, from a young, comparatively age, like I, I had this realization early on in my my first degree, where I said, I mean, it's not the news or just the governments or just the authorities that apply and exert all these influences to how we perceive the world or our everyday lives. It's it's more it's mostly brands, really, if mm. you think about it. Mm. Um, because they are the ones that have the most, we didn't call it content, but then back then, but it was the ones that actually had the most content around you. If you think about it. Yeah. So in when there were periods of, you know, great for the economy, jobs abound, money flowing, etc., you, you saw that in the actual marketing cloud, if yeah. I can, you know, borrow or steal that word. And when things that were going bad, people actually first reacted to the bad news and to what was coming, not because it was on CNN or Fox News or you know BBC worldwide. When the yellow stickers happened in the supermarket, mm. when all of a sudden everything was one plus one or fifty percent off, or we has to go, or and that's where people said, "Oh, okay, it is happening." Because yeah. it, it was less theoretical because we, you know, when you watch televised news for all these decades, you get insensitive a bit to it as well. It's just, oh, yeah, it's a, it's I, a I don't believe thing. anything. I don't believe anything in the news anymore. <laughs> or, or it's in the background. It's like a movie, yeah. you know, it's the same, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, I see it. I understand it. I don't feel it. When I go yeah. actually to shop to actually uh, transact and give my hard earned money or, you know, the, my limited budget or to whatever and I see that. Even big brands, because brands, the big ones, are usually, you know, in our perception, bigger than I am as mm-hmm. a as a powerful entity. Even yeah. if they have to compromise, or they have, they start giving out those signals of, mm. you know, <laughs> it's happening. That's when you get, uh, you know, to feel it yourself. So, in that sense, we should still be inspired when we try and, you know, all this great inspiration and great creativity. And to apply it on marketing, people lose their, most people lose their phase, that spark. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest uh, disappointments for me, especially, you know, during um, sessions, you know, uh, creativity sessions, innovation labs, things like that. It's trying to keep that same level of excitement throughout the whole process, even when it comes to down to the, okay, which are the three, Directions we're going to qualify for going forward for MVPs, for yeah, example. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, it's always it's it, always it seems to be boring when they, you you reel it back to the present. He's like, "What do we need to do next?" It's like, "Oh, that's it." <laughs> the creativity just fizzles out of the room. <laughs> or you leave it at the transportation, you know, teletransportation yeah, yeah. level, which is then <laughs> it's very hard to make <laughs> the, the connection to. Even if it's Nike, you know, like a big uh, open to innovation, I'll try, yeah. you know, stuff uh, brand. But then you go, yeah, but maybe we can make it feel like it's teleportation to the to the end yeah. user. Yeah, exactly. But th there's always that the, that gap. And again, it's all about the culture of the brand as well. So, you know, as I mentioned, Nike, I've worked a bit with Nike, they're, uh, they're uh, much easier to keep that excitement because they've created a culture for years now, everything is possible, or, you know, don't try, don't, don't be afraid to try things, things like that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, other brands, even in the same category, right? It's not because some categories are even less prone, obviously, to taking chances. Mm -hmm. You know, I mentioned FinTech, I work a lot with banks lately. Oh yeah, good good luck innovating in the fintech space. <laughs> Actually, bank space maybe not, but fintechs they they're they can innovate, right? Fintechs typically innovate more. They nope. they yes and well, yeah, the, the the short answer is is yes. Uh it's always been uh, another humbug of me in the sense of um I don't know, for the last 15 years I've always had big banks as clients. And they always had, oh, you know, always the CEO, the CMO, or a C filling the rest of the two letters. They were like, oh, you know, all these sleepless nights waiting for the one application, the one startup that's going to, you know, terminate us or make us obsolete. And I say, listen, guys, this, okay, there might be 3,000 startups per month, uh, globally speaking, within the category. But these are uh, one to two to three people you know, startups that have to find money, they have to find people to believe in them. You have the money, you yeah. have the people, you have the you can have the best of the best or employ yeah. the best of the best. And you're just waiting to become obsolete rather than actually do something about it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's I mean and they that's, have the resources to do it. So <laughs> yeah, and then eventually, you know, it will catch up with to them if they don't start actually utilizing the huge power advantage they still have. Yeah, because uh, I mean, even to this day, even in 2023, banks still have all the advantages if they want to really innovate versus any startup. I don't Absolutely. care how well funded it is, because they're banks. I'm not talking about a you know credit, a small credit bank in the middle of I don't know. Mississippi or something. I'm talking about the yeah. big, the big ones. Oh yeah. But and it's easy to separate. And I understand all the legacy issues, not just technological, but cultural, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's easy to to to, to get that, that away with it. You just create an autonomous unit and separate it as far away as possible from the bank itself. Yeah. And you just use all the good stuff of the bank for, for those purposes. That's right. Now. No. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I mean, what's the, they ask the same question. What's the ROI? How quickly can we do this? It's if it's not a billion dollar business, I'm not interested. It's like, come on. <laughs> uh, the... You know what, Chris? I, I mean, I'm not going to name names. I'm just going to give you. So a year and a half ago or more now, maybe 20 months ago, even, I think 19, 20 months ago. Um, I won't say again. We we've 
came up. It wasn't even a startup. It was an innovation project mm -hmm. for uh, against scams and phishing, right? So we created a system, uh, and we found even um, three different um, agencies that could implement the project just to showcase to them how much and how long it would take. So this system would uh, was a win-win-win. Why? Because it automated uh, a huge section of 24-7 uh, people on the phone in case you got scammed or mm -hmm. you know you realized you had an issue. It uh, became it made things a lot easier in uh, communicating, uh, in not communicating only, but in uh, preventing a behavior that would you know leave you susceptible to being scammed. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a it was a world first. We've wow. tracked it. We haven't found anywhere that solution. Now, the average, uh, the average development time needed because we we instead of just the three agencies, we also came up with three different ways just to foresee any legacy issues when, when it came to the technology. Mm -hmm. um, was ten days development. Time. Wow! Wow! <laughs> and the average cost was about thirty thousand dollars plus or oh minus. That is a uh, no-brainer. <laughs> they made the ROI. They they actually immediately came up and saying this is millions immediately saving just the cost aspect, right? Yeah. Because you can't really predict how many people would you know you would help a lot of people, but that was harder to predict. But yeah, in being yeah. able to reallocate resources to normal um, call centers and not just for that, immediately it saved them millions. It's still being developed. 20 months now you're kidding because of the no because of pipeline wow um, so yeah couldn't they have moved even, it up a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and you know what oh, it's man. the problem is you can't find you know it's not the it's definitely not the cmo it's definitely not the cto they're the ones that were excited immediately understood the value of it even not just with that, that's like an extreme example. It's one of the few extreme examples in my 20 plus years career. Uh, it just, um, it's easier to say, okay, I'll take a year or more to implement this rather than change the whole system as it needs to become in order to be able to do it faster. Right. And it's the Ridiculous. day to day that kills the yeah it is yeah. but it's and I I completely understand it because I've never been from the client side but I've been around so many years within their organizations and actually had offices in my client you know I could actually spend more time in their offices than in mine at some, at some point I understand the day to day is a killer and that's why I think the best ways to to create completely autonomous innovation units um, that would get all the great benefits of any organization that wants to, not just banks, but anyone yeah. that wants to truly innovate, created by cherry picking people from within the organization. Otherwise, it'll be completely irrelevant, yeah. right? It won't, it won't understand uh, the business itself and give them at least three years mm -hmm. to find their um, you know, to find 
their uh, bearings to 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 create the team because you won't have an immediately ready team no matter how talented the people are etc cetera, etc cetera, in order to immediately produce things that will really make a difference to to the original uh, investment business now because they should see this as an investment yeah and not just another business union yeah it's not just it's a, a cost hard thing. <laughs> yeah yeah, it's a very, it's hard very thing t- to especially sell. in banks. I mean, even they're, they're probably the, the most risk averse when it comes to stuff like that, right? Yes, but uh, yeah, it, they are. It's just a shift of perception because I found in, for example, years ago, um, the Lloyds Banking Group, huge bank in the UK. Um, once you make them understand the 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 the, the investment, the number behind the investment, it was like, oh. It's not bad <laughs> because so they have that advantage yeah. because innovation doesn't have to be expensive. We're mm. not, we're not uh, talking about, you know, uh, in most cases, it doesn't have to be expensive. Now there are some categories that are very exotic and the implementation itself, it's really expensive, but these oh, are, yeah. these are beyond the our realm of our discussion. <laughs> They're really high hanging fruit, like, you know, new, new um, material development. Uh, yep. Things like that. Yes, they have uh, laboratories. They have you know, you know physics uh, and uh, specific ways of building things, and you have to be underground because of leakage. Things. I mean, we're not talking about that, obviously. Yeah, and that's why it usually that's why usually these these innovations really come from uh, governmental budgets, uh, whether it's DARPA or whether it's CERN or whether you know we're talking about really high end. Yeah, uh, applied innovation here or well, theoretical innovation before it becomes applied. But most of the time, innovation is 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 um, the the process of coming up with ideas shouldn't be expensive. Mm. It's uh, the cost of people really and some nice uh, surroundings where you can induce creativity or at least not hinder it. Yeah. So for a bank, because banks, as Dillinger famously said, that's where the money is. It's not <laughs> as big a deal as. You know, for uh, I don't know, for uh, a retailer, yeah, right, yeah. But again, exactly. if we're talking about big brands, again, shouldn't be a no-no. But you know, it's 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 um, you have to find the right people to 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 change their their mindset. Yeah, and usually you can find within their own organization the best um, the best uh, arguments for investing in innovation, saying, you know, here is the cost of your, uh, I don't know, here's your annual cost of how much you spend on printers and paper. And this is what you need for an innovation department. Usually the bigger the organization, it dwarfs (laughs) or should (laughs) or be equivalent. (laughs) So you give them an idea of, you know, I I actually had that conversation years ago with Unilever in the UK, and I said, you know how much you spend on toilet paper in your offices? That was pre-COVID, obviously. <laughs> huge amount, because, you know, huge uh, spaces in offices. But then you go, yeah, so actually having an innovation center specialized in this it was a more specialized conversation. You see, it's not that big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a question of... Uh... Perspective. Right? Perspective, that's right. Well, we're, it's time to think like a futurist. It's the year 2033, 10 years out. Do you think things are going to get better or or worse? Or where where will we be in 2033? No, that's a tough year. <laughs> uh, well, 
I don't know because um, I'm I'm pretty I'm very aware as I grow older that um, I become grumpier and grumpier. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> it's it's uh, you know you know like our dads famously said you you you'll understand when he was my age. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I understand more and more <laughs> what they were on about. Um, and you know, joking aside, for the last uh, six years, five years. Um, I think we're going backwards in many things as a society, unfortunately, mm. uh, whether it's human rights, uh, war. I mean, there's a war going on in Europe, in the middle of Europe for a year plus now. I know, it's and insane, isn't all, it? And we're, all, we're not even talking about it anymore. Mm. What does that say about us? You know, um, honestly, if I, you know, I, I, I draw the... Um, I draw the comparison with World War One and World War Two, supposedly ending all wars. The level of volunteerism throughout the whole, the countries, uh, we don't you don't get that anymore. No. And no. you know, it is for me. Um, this is the side of um, me feeling that probably. I'm not very optimistic about 10 years from now, about things 10 years from now. <laughs> On the other hand, the only thing I think that can really make a change and save us, whatever saving means for the species, you know, going even more mm -hmm. uh, forward in the future, or, uh, you know, even only 10 years, it, it probably will be technology and innovation. Mm. Uh, meaning what? If, if we do actually find a source of energy, for example, it's going to be cheap or free for everyone, then I'll... Most reasons for war are over, yeah, or at least energy wars. You know, um, everybody knows that if we don't do anything about water, fresh water, we're going to have water wars uh, mm -hmm. later down the line, um, or huge displacement of population that would affect everyone. I mean, we know all these things, yeah. And uh, at least, at least in the last ten years, because of the culture of innovation in the startup culture that's going on a lot of that especially in the last as i mentioned earlier i would say five years four years is going towards ESG more and more and more actually trying to tackle these things mm -hmm. um this is the sort of counterbalance to my natural grumpiness and uh, <laughs> my pessimism um i hope this is not a really way around way of saying i don't know to you at the moment <laughs> but uh it's okay you know, that's perfectly fine no, no, because I have a twelve-year-old, and she's going to be, mm. you know, twenty-two um, in ten yeah. years' time. Yeah, I'd like uh, when I see her and how she thinks and how she operates, and I'd like to say things should be better because her generation is going to enter the active sort of productive mode, and the people that are now twenty-five they're going to be thirty-five, and they're going to be part of the more of the ruling part aspect and productive aspect of societies, yeah. and hopefully they're. They're better people than us on, on average. Uh, yeah. Um, so I think things would be incrementally better, mm. I think, in 10 years' time, as long as uh, we don't do anything significantly bad, you know, um, uh, you know, because things have been, in, as I said, we're going backwards incrementally for the last decade or so. So hopefully we will not accelerate that yeah, uh, you know that that aspect of it. So yeah. uh, I think it's going to be better because even you know, 
there are actual, you know, objective studies saying that uh, every year we've been better off as a as a species than the last one with various KPIs. Now it's not yeah. even you just have to out. ignore the news because <laughs> the news makes it sound like everything's worse. But if it, you look at the underlying statistics, things are better. Yes, in general. definitely. What changes is it's probably the imbalances of things. There are some parts of the world where it's really not as good as, as it should be. Yeah. And um, as I said, there are some, hopefully there are hiccups. Uh, whereas some things that I grew up think, thinking that are, you know, universally right and universal rights, meaning and, uh, like, you know, the whole thing with the abortion as a right being this whole thing uh, in the, the states. And I say the states, the states really affect the world in many mm -hmm. cases. Right? I would never, if you, if you asked me 10 years ago, whether that's, you know, whether that would be a discussion that would be reopened, uh, I would say no way. It took yeah. us all this time to eventually come to that. Yeah. And yeah, no way. But Never say never um, is another thing as I grow old. Uh, <laughs> well, it's like know. everything's going to happen. <laughs> the only question is when. Yeah. But the problem well, is, yeah. is that you never know what's going to come back, right? Cultural change. And I think it's a pen it's a pendulum, right? So we're swinging one way and then we're going to hopefully swing back in the other direction where things are, are going to start getting better. And hopefully, hopefully. We, continue, we continue swinging towards the, the good stuff. At least that's my hope. Yeah, no, no, that, you're right. I mean, I would, I usually say it's circles. It's the same thing as a pendulum, more or less. Yeah. Um, it's, um, it's just, I think the older you get, that's why you grab it. You've lived through more of these circles. <laughs> that's right. The same thing happening nauseous. over and over again with a new name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get more nauseous uh, because of <laughs> the circles. <laughs> well, you heard the latest thing. I'm like, so you remember we, back when we were younger and sometimes you had to hold down multiple jobs in order to make ends meet. Well, yeah. now there's a word for it. Polyworking. Yeah. So. Polyworking. Yeah. We had polyamorous. <laughs> now we have polyworking. Eventually someone's getting screwed with it. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you think about it differently. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I mean, change is, is natural because I keep, you know, I keep hearing a lot of people and myself uh, included when I, you know, the, the hardest thing they say is recruiting people, right? Yeah. Um, everyone around my age that are in a position to hire people and we have discussions, oh, there's no drive, there's no ambition, there's no, you know, and then you go, all right. So what's, what is, you know, objectively better working to live or live to work. I mean, if we oversimplify things, um, I grew up in a in a household where uh, your job and how successful you were at it was a huge part of your identity. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's a drive, but equally it can be a burden, right? I mean, absolutely. Um, when is enough? When is it yeah. enough? Well, you know, is it money? Is it uh, titles? Is it when is it enough? Um, and of. Uh, Supposedly, you know, you know, even if you ask someone who has a great strive and ambition and drive, etc., is because they want to make, create a better life for themselves or for, for, them, for the family. Mm. But the thing is, are you able to get out of this whole race to actually enjoy where you are at any given point, etc.? Right. Is it so bad that maybe young people want to have this as a given 
No, I think that I think it's a great thing. I think I think we're we're readjusting, we're reformulating because I think what's happened with productivity is that we we use technology to be more productive, but we're still you know forty hour work weeks and all that stuff. We don't we maybe we don't need to work forty hours anymore. Maybe we don't need to work twenty hours anymore because no the that's job a great gets example. done. Right, that's so, a great example because I keep saying and we keep saying as an agency because that's I think marketing agencies, advertising agencies were ahead of the curve when it came to things like that. I don't care uh, how long you stay in the office for, as long as you do what you're supposed to do, leave after an hour, if you do everything yeah. you need to. But the thing is, I, I, I've never left before 12 hours or 10 hour days because there's always something else to do. <laughs> exactly. Always I, more. Expect that from, I expect that from my team members. Go. Yeah. It's done. Go. Relax. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It'd be great to apply it to, to oneself as well, I think. Yeah, maybe someday, um, right? <laughs> yeah, but in the old days, the, the 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 you know the more responsibility you had, or the higher up you were, you worked less. Yeah. <laughs> so, not... At some point, this shifted. I don't know when it happened. But <laughs> I'd like to find that pinpoint. You know, go yeah, back trouble we, time. Now we work. <laughs> now we work more than anything. <laughs> so as more I keep ever. saying to everyone, make sure you find something you love doing. Yeah. <laughs> because. Then uh, you know you, you're going to uh, even if you make mistakes in terms of how long you work, etc. At least you're going to enjoy it still, exactly. And not uh, you know get burdened with exactly. Uh, yeah, this is well. This is great. Thank you so much. This has been fantastic. So if somebody wants Thank to get you. in touch with you, what's the best way? Uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, um, I'm traditional like that. Uh, LinkedIn <laughs> is the traditional way now, uh, I suppose. Um, or just uh, you know my email. Or through um, the uh, newtons.gr. Um, okay, so where I can't find you on TikTok, then not not yet. <laughs> I I I I'm, I'm, unfortunately I do it uh, with a mask and with a pseudonym. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want everyone else to uh, get jealous of, of my dance moves. Uh, That's right. <laughs> I used to be on TikTok up until I read the uh, ULAs uh, things and the uh, oh yeah um, what we, what you signed away. Said I agree, and I took. Uh, I made made everyone in the household <laughs> delete the application. It's Good scary, for you. man. It is oh, yeah, scary. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you yeah. so much. It's been great. Thanks, I'll put Chris. Your contact information in the show notes. So, uh, thank you. Efkaristopoli. Paragalo. <laughs> this is. See, I didn't ask you. So you you have Greek heritage, I imagine. I didn't ask yeah. that. Sorry. You have Greek heritage, right? Greek. You're a Greek. Heritage. You have a Greek. Oh yeah, 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 or? yeah. My my parents were born in Opatera uh, in Apatinandro, Apto Marusi. So I. This I'm is where I live, Marusi. Yeah. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, this is where I live, Marusi. Yeah. We have uh, so my uh, we they moved to Canada and met in Canada and I spent the first thirty five years of my life in Canada and now I live in Silicon Valley. But uh, ah, that's why you're a place... nice guy. That's why you're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> is that why? <laughs> yeah canada okay. brings the best out of any culture i think uh, the, the, you know. yeah i yeah, i hope so <laughs> anyway so thanks so much thanks, Chris. talk to you guys talk to you later bye bye, bye.